0: you're listening to the hockey podcast network new shows every day find us at the hockey or wherever you get your podcasts from hello listening to the hockey podcast network i'm mason dixon joined once again by Corey, the bayou benders and this is habs nightly your hub of habs content guys we're back a day late um it seems to be happening a lot more frequently than i wish it were um however due to you know wi-fi and busy schedules and stuff it, it, it's kind of what happens in the summer schedules a little more fluid but we are here and it's almost good we got an extra day to kind of sit on this um you know, kind of think things through because, you know, there's there's a big, big deal in Habsland. But before we get to that, first and foremost, Corey, how are you, buddy?
1: I'm OK. Uh, I'm off this week. Just been sitting at the house. Uh, big, big chilling, uh, having a couple pops whenever I wake up, when I feel like it. Um, secretly doing side quests on my wife's Witcher 3 campaign. Uh, cause she's like, I'm, I'm not strong enough. So like, I'll go and like beat a bunch of shit before she wakes up and put her back where I found her Uh, (laughs) and her character. I like put like two or three levels on her character today. This is try to help her, but excuse me. I'm, I'm chilling, dude. I'm more or less, excuse me. I'm just burping. Um, I'm just more or less big chilling. Yeah. 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 yeah so i don't think she's called her
0: character <laughs> that, that is like that is so
1: sweet yeah like i'm um, like the other day she was i was watching a play and um she's going up against one of the first wild hunt players uh fights you you go up against with uh kira and um i'm like what are you why why are you why are you doing this you know like like, just, like, watching her play, and my wife probably was high and didn't care, like, she was just, like, I don't give a fuck, like, I don't care about uh, learning this stuff, I'll learn it along the way, um, so, like, she's playing with, like, a, a almost completely broken silver sword, um, and she's got repair things in her, in her inventory, and she's using, like, the same the same um armor from the beginning not upgraded anything like that but she's got a shitload of armor in her her bag so like i took the i took the controller from her like fixed all of her shit put some new armor on her and she fucking you know beat down this fucking dude so i was like the other day i was just bored she was sleeping in i was like i wonder like like what I could help her with because she doesn't want help. She's going to say that she doesn't want it, but and sometimes she does need it. So I just picked up the control and like looked at some of her stuff and I was like, okay, well, she's like, she's not leveling up correctly. Uh, she doesn't understand the, uh, the mutation jet or this, the sigils in the rocks. So like, I just kind of like updated her shit for and uh just yes. turned the game off and went back to playing FIFA and she seems to be doing a lot better.
0: No, that's awesome. Yeah, I wish pro- I
1: had probably wouldn't be Gary probably wouldn't be happy about that.
0: I mean she doesn't catch on. <laughs> and I'm sure she'll listen to a ramble on this podcast, so I no. think you're safe.
1: No. Um and then she's gonna get to a point to where she doesn't need my help anymore. But like, I'm just trying to set her in the right direction. You know what I'm saying? Like, after after a while, she will figure really everything funny. out. What? Delete her game? It'd be really funny.
0: You now, if she, like does figure it out, she goes. In regards to the setup you gave her, I can't believe I was using that setup. It was so trash. <laughs> What was I thinking? And she just starts slandering you. No, that'd be funny.
1: Fuck it, dude. If she, like, I gave her the best stuff that she has in her inventory right now. You know, like, I didn't go out and, like, upgrade all of her shit. I just fixed all of her broken swords and put better armor on her and put runes in slots. Just tried to make it a little bit more balanced for her. She like, she's just not maintenancing her character, and, but progressing the game. So it's just getting that much harder for her.
0: No, that makes sense. That makes sense. Oh, So nothing new otherwise in your life, however. Nothing else really changing?
1: Oh, dude, not really. Um, I just found out that at the Raising Cane Center, um, in Baton Rouge, they're going to be doing three Expo games for hockey like they did in Biloxi. Um, and Biloxi ended up getting their team back. So fans are like freaking out, hoping that with good sales and good turnouts at these exhibitions, we can get the Baton Rouge Kingfish back, uh, which had a sick logo, sick name um, and a fun team. It's been 20 years. So it'd be great to have that back.
0: No, it'd be amazing. How about any TV shows? You watch any TV shows lately? Uh,
1: I binged Miss Marvel today. Really good. Um, I watched The Northman the other day. Fantastic film. Um, Oh, you're going to love this. I rewatched 1917 for the first time in a couple of years uh fantastic film. Ugh. Fantastic film. So good. Very nice. No, I uh Better
0: I rewatched Avatar ugh. the other day.
1: Yeah, how was that? you I mean uh? Like not the airbender movie. <clears throat> yeah. I would never shame the greatest American anime ever. That movie still, honestly, we're in 1970, which has the greatest
0: cinematography I've ever seen. But Avatar is the beautiful
1: movie.
0: Mm -hmm. The CGI is it's it's not just art like it's a masterpiece. It's and I truly mean it when I say this. I it's a masterpiece on the level of like the Mona Lisa. Like it, the fact that that movie came out two thousand nine, and it still looks better than anything Marvel has put out, like put out with Marvel yet, and TGI is just James Cameron just simply doesn't miss. <laughs> like, it's it's a masterpiece. Um, so that's it was great to watch that again. Um,
1: you're a big Fern Gully and then, fan,
0: unfortunately.
1: Fern Gully? Yeah. Because the movie's just a fucking rip a on the plot of Fern Gully. Great film. Not Fern Gully. <laughs> the Avatar is a great film. Uh, was beautiful. Still is beautiful. Um, Still think it's crazy that they're still trying to make us believe that there's a sequel coming out. <laughs> um, I'll send you the shit for Fern Gully later. Um, and you can watch that, and then you can come back and tell us that it's just a, a live-action CGI'd Fern Gully.
0: I've never heard of Fern Gully, and I, but I will not take any Avatar slander. Um, you,
1: you will after watching Fern Gully.
0: <laughs> unfortunately, after watching Avatar, I went and saw Top Gun because my friends wanted to see it.
1: Top Gun Maverick?
0: Yeah. You have a need for speed. What a horrible like.
1: haven't seen it. It wasn't wasn't a bad
0: movie. Mm -hmm. But the only reason it wasn't bad is because it was basically just the first Top Gun movie.
1: Just modernized.
0: Yeah, but like the original Top Gun, if you watch it now, it's painful. It's so corny. Like, it's so cheesy. But you like it just because of the nostalgia, right? Yeah. This movie, like the trailer, when I went into it, I, I thought it was going to be a little overrated because it's it's sold. It's gone insane at the box office. So I knew I needed to temper my expectations. And I'm not the biggest Tom Cruise guy, to be perfectly honest with you. I think he plays Tom Cruise in every movie, <laughs> not an actual character. But I kind of thought this movie was going to be centered around Miles Teller. And lo and behold, Tom Cruise, fucking 60-year-old man, Tom Cruise is the main character, flying a fighter jet, killing people, and like just, I don't know. I i mean, the guy doesn't look 60, I'll give him that, but like, he's at the point in his age where it's just not believable. <laughs> you know what I mean? For him to be doing all these things. <laughs> and yeah, I, I wasn't, I didn't, I wouldn't go see it in theater, to be honest with you.
1: It wasn't my favorite movie, but wasn't a big regular Top Gun fan. Um, so yeah, I definitely mm-hmm. wasn't seeing it in theaters, but okay. Good to know. Uh, did they have anything to do with goose's child in this new one? Miles they... Teller. That's that's Goose's kid? What's his name?
0: Goose 2? Rooster. 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 <laughs> like, oh, I can't even. Should have been like There's Magpie. That.
1: Like something sinister. Rooster. The Iceman's,
0: in it. the Iceman's in it. I love Val Kilmer, dude. He's in it for like, he doesn't even speak.
1: Well, he can't really anymore. Yeah. Spoiler, just... <laughs> yeah. But it's awesome that turned... he had a role in it, though. He fucking sucked in that movie. Honestly, it's one of his worst films. Um, not not the new one. I haven't seen it, but, but Top Gun. He it like Val Kilmer wasn't really even in the film. He would like pop up every now now and then to be like, "You fucking suck, Maverick. I'm the and best." Story.
0: What I meant to say, like, I know. Val Kilmer can't speak I mean like he didn't even he does uh, text to speech now he he says like mm-hmm. literally two like he like types out two sentences in the entire movie and then dies which I think is kind of fucked up that they made him die in the movie of the fucking disease that he has in real life hmm so I was watching that kind of like, wow, he must have loved playing this role. Um,
1: I thought Val Kilmer's real, worst role, probably. Maybe iconic, but it was, man, it was a tough I mean,
0: one. Top Gun's just a cheesy movie. Yeah. You're a <laughs> maverick, maverick. You're going to get someone killed. I'm better than you. That, you're right. That's entirely his role. And to look pretty. <laughs> Yeah, more or less. Um, what else? And then I got really bored. You know, like I haven't I don't watch a lot of TV, but I like to have a series, you know what I mean? Like where I can just if I'm bo- if I have some free time if I'm eating dinner or whatever. So I scrolled through the depths of Disney Plus. Oh, here we I go. I found a show I found a show that I remembered when it like released on TV. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest, it, like I don't know if it's the greatest show in the world, but I enjoy it. It's called Siren.
1: Siren.
0: It's weird.
1: I've never heard of it. This had to be it's, way past my Disney time. Which I mean, it's not am... a
0: Disney. It's not a Disney production. Like they just own the rights to it. Oh, okay. Plus, and basically, the whole premise is like. It's about mermaids but not like
1: oh god
0: no 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 yeah like like, it's not like it's not like i wouldn't say it's like i just didn't it's i enjoy it you know what i mean i wouldn't say it's like (laughs) super good but it's an interesting it's like mermaids but like from not a like a fantasy like it's more of a if they existed they'd be they're 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 like kind of scary as fuck Mm -hmm. like yeah, I don't even know how to explain it, to be honest with you. But it's cool. I enjoy it. I thought I was going to hate it. But, you know, when you watched, you're like, fuck it. I'll give it a try. Like, it looks like it has potential. The first episode, I was hooked. I was like, this is fucking amazing. I'm going to watch all of this. So I'm almost done that now. And I'm looking for suggestions for my next show, because once I'm done this, I think I'll be done it pretty good. Or pretty soon. I just don't know what to watch anymore. There's so many different there's too many streaming services. The market is so saturated. No, there's no I might just I honestly am at the point now, Corey, where I might just cancel my Netflix, my Netflix membership. Yeah. Nothing on it. Nothing on it that interests me.
1: I watch a lot of weird shit. So it's like I can't even I can give you suggestions. You might not, you might not ever watch it. <laughs> I, just,
0: little... like, I think Crave might be where it's at now for me.
1: No, way. Crave has a
0: lot of stuff. They own Hulu as well. So hmm. I don't know. I just, Netflix has nothing, nothing anymore. And whenever I, I can't, there's, so, there's Netflix originals that I want to watch, but I can't. I can't Get dedicate to myself to them. Because... Well, no, because every time I watch a Netflix original, it gets canceled. <laughs> every single time. Like, without, true. with, like, bar none. They cancel their original shows so quickly and then wonder why no one watches them now. Like, the only one that I can think of that's really booming right now is Stranger Things.
1: That's gonna, that is the show that's gonna, um, Put the nail in the coffin of Netflix because they're not gonna, they're gonna strive to recreate the success that that show brought them and they'll never be able to like do it on that potential again. And they're just gonna over budget everything to try to get it to that. And it's gonna just plummet that company into the ground.
0: I mean, they've had some good shows too. Like, did you ever watch Altered Carbon? No, but you've told me about it. No it's so it had Anthony Mackie in the second season like it it was a big show it was a good show um what else did they they had Marco Polo, which people love. like they've had a bunch of big shows they just cancel um one you need to watch is um fuck what's it called uh shit I'm drawing a blank um Oh, my God. What's it called? So Benedict Wong. Give me one second.
1: While you think about it, folks, if y'all have any shows, advice for Mason or myself, remember, you can leave us a 30 to 90 second. Why am I saying 30? Uh, A zero to 90 second comment or voicemail on our speak pipe at www.speakpipe.com forward slash Habs nightly. Um, Mason, have you figured it out? Are you talking about that show where it's like, um, it's, he's, called it's like Deadly class. class? No, I don't know what that is.
0: It's called Deadly Class. It's based off of like a graphic, I believe, a graphic novel series. Mm-hmm. There's only one season. It got canceled. Sounds about right. But it's one of the. It, but I'm telling you, it might be one of the best Netflix originals. <laughs> actually i don't even know if it was a netflix original it might have been it is so good though and it wasn't meant to be one season like unfortunately it ends on a cliffhanger but if you just appreciate it for what it is it is so fucking good
1: dude i've watched so many like netflix shows that were like had the potential to go somewhere and then they they canceled it and i've just forgotten them off the face of the earth
0: <laughs> oh so good yeah unfortunately but moving on to some Habs news we do have a big the big announcement to make Jeff Petrie and Ryan Paling were moved for Mike Matheson for the fourth round pick initial reactions Corey how do you feel about that sad
1: that was still with hate and well, more not hate, but just sadness in my heart. Um, I love Jeff Petrie and yeah, he sucked last year, but yeah, he picked it up. One Pretty year, well, didn't, one year didn't kill it for me. Um, I hate that people called him a fucking baby and a softie for, um, for not being able to be close to his family and people not being able to humanize him and think of how shitty it's been for the past three fucking years and how tremendously difficult it's been on him and his family and his fucking, I think he's got four kids now. Um,
0: Well, I think people are, people are stupid in saying like, Oh, like Petrie, like hate it. Like this idea that Petrie hates Montreal and his wife hates Montreal guys he re-signed last year a long contract his wife and him clearly like if you think that people are blaming his wife and a lot of this you think his wife didn't have a big say in if he was going to sign a long-term contract in Montreal they clearly both wanted to stay there and just does Julie Petrie maybe have some differing opinions on than I do about covid and stuff maybe but whatever makes her happy man and you got to do what you got to do if they, clearly things weren't working they needed the support so like you said like if you have if you're calling petrie and his wife soft for doing what they believe is best for their family you're just pathetic
1: it's unfortunate uh because a lot of like big habs people were ups you know was I mean, people had turned their backs on Jeff Petrie long before um, this offseason. But I just hate to see people shit on more or less my favorite defenseman for the Montreal Canadiens since my, you know, very young, naive love for P.K. Subban. Um, excuse me. Um it's just, it's tough to see him go. This dude is, was fucking phenomenal for us, except for one year where the entire team was bad. And look, man, he wanted to be closer to his family after three years of being far away from his family. I don't, I don't, I don't know what's to to be that upset about. Um, as far as his character, I'm upset that he's just not a Canadian anymore. Um To move on to the next guy, I feel like Ryan Paling never really got a true chance here. Um, And you can say last year was a shot, but before that, he really never got anything. He never really got a chance to to give it his all on a team that, unfortunately, if you look back at it, didn't stand a chance in, in anything. So why not play the fucking kid, give him a chance? And he never got it. So they go to a team I can't fucking stand, um, and that's where I am—a uh, bit, of, a bit of, a bit of hatred. I don't know much about uh, Mike Matheson.
0: You, I didn't know you hated the Penguins.
1: Yeah. Why do you hate the Penguins? Um, Twenty sixteen, I think, was uh, the Predators. So uh, one of my favorite Southern Market teams uh, with a with Key pk suban on it so uh you know i was all along all aboard the uh get pk a cup to rub it in the face of the Habs community that fucking hated him uh, and then i you know i've told this story multiple times on here uh i i grew up a lot in tennessee did uh my grandfather was a i don't even know if you can call him a carpenter he was but he was more of like an Uh, a handyman, I guess, just he learned everything and whether he did it right by the books or just the way he figured it out was his own, you know, agenda. But uh, my grandfather built a cabin in Tennessee that took him by himself. I think it was 10 years to build and it was just all him. And he built a two story cabin out in Crosby, Tennessee, which is closer to like North Carolina and Kentucky area than the Nashville Predators, but I grew up and like, I grew up there my entire life until I turned a senior uh, in high school. So like every summer, uh, every winter vacation, basically any vacation I could have, I, I would go up there cause I loved it so much. And then me and my grandfather uh, would go up there and like maintain the place and then my family, it was like, you know, like a family place for us. Um, so like the Nashville Predators was just like Tennessee's team. So like I had inheritedly loved them as well, uh, just from spending so much time up there. And then uh, the year before that, San Jose Sharks uh, got their shit kicked, who I fell in love with that team. Um, and then it's my cousin's favorite team and one of my best friend's favorite team. So it was like just a real saga and then to watch the Pittsburgh Penguins, um, you know, obliterate both teams, <laughs> it's kind of tough. And oh, then no, we had we had some Penguins fun.
0: fans. Go Crosby. Crosby for
1: life. Oh, uh, what a fucking baby. But anyway, um, we had some Penguins fans that used to pop into my old job and would just talk so much shit. So it just turned like – it turned to a, a, a raging hatred for this team.
0: Fair enough. let's discuss how we felt like how did you feel about the game
1: in and of itself? Um in terms of value. Well, more more biased based on just sadness of it, but value I think it's I think it's tough. I, I want to see Mike Matheson play and I'm hoping I'm saying his name right. Um, I saw his Jay Fresh thing on him. Uh, looks pretty good. Um, excited to see him play. It's, it's someone that wants to be here. Now, granted, you know, like that's one thing. I'm not going to say Jeff Peay sure didn't want to be here, but like his mind was also off. It was an offseason. But a guy that generally wants to come home and make a difference, um, you're always going to love that. Um, I think he's going to be good as a player. Um, I don't think that – now, this is just me being, like, you know, Canadian bias. I don't think that Matheson in the fourth-round pick was worth um, our f- former first overall and Ryan Paling, who never got a shot. So, I feel like – First round? Yeah, I'm sorry. First round. That's what I meant. Um yeah. Uh, Ryan Palin, who never got a shot, so he's definitely got a chance to blow that trade better for them, along with Jeff Petrie. I just think it's a, it's a bit one-sided for uh, the Penguins, whereas a lot of people aren't going to see it my way. I know that Jeff Petrie has the ability to have a bounce-back season. He's never had an off season really, except for last year when everyone did. Um, and then I hope Ryan Palin has an opportunity with a team that doesn't really have a bottom six to solidify a role for him and and get his feet in there and and prove to the Canadians that we fucked up by not giving this kid a chance when we weren't shit for six years that he was here.
0: Okay, so I'm going to disagree with you, but not maybe where you think I'm going to disagree with you. Mm -hmm. I think you're underselling Kent Hughes's the value that Kent Hughes got in this trade and not because you're overvaluing Petrie. I think, I think we both agree. Petrie is the best player in this deal. He's the best chip. He's a top, he's a legitimate top pairing defenseman in the NHL one off year in which he went almost a point per game for the last 15 games of the year where he really picked it up. That doesn't mean anything to me. It's just an off year Mm -hmm. regardless of his age where I think you're, overvaluing here is ryan paling i t- i honestly i totally disagree with you i don't think ryan paling did never got a chance ryan paling played the whole season in the nhl last year he played power play he played third line minutes it wasn't you know sheltered like he he got offensive zone zone draws his first game in the nhl scored a hat trick because he was given opportunities the reason ryan paling didn't return directly to the NHL after that hat trick game. And we have, we, this is pretty, I believe, confirmed is because he showed up to training camp out of shape. I don't think Ryan, I I think I like Ryan Paling. I think Ryan Paling's a legitimate third line player in the NHL. If he's on your fourth line, he's doing very well. I think he's a third line player. I do. But I don't, to say that he never got a chance, I think is unfair. To even Dominic Ducharme, who I will rarely praise, and the other coaching staff, who I do think gave him plenty of opportunities in Montreal. Um, but, and the reason I'm, I, I would say I'd go even further and I'm very much okay with getting rid of Ryan Paling is because Montreal has a logjam of forwards and moving his salary off the books, as well as Petrie's, allowed us to retain Rem Pitlick. On a very friendly mm-hmm. team contract, two years, $1.1 million, A guy we thought was lost. And a guy who just scored, what was it, 36 points in 50-something games? How many? It was, I can't remember. It was a very, he had a very good season last year. An underrated rookie year. A very smart, intelligent, fast player with quick hands. Like if you're if you this is if you're looking at this from a trading perspective and we trade Ryan Paling for Rem Pitlick straight up, you win that trade if you're getting Rem Pitlick ten out of ten times. So, I th- I think Paling kind of needed to go. I think he needed a fresh start. I'd much rather have Pitlick, and then with Petrie and Matheson, I I'll be honest. I I wish we took less salary back. Um, with Petrie, but you look at the way the market is. John Klinberg hasn't resigned yet. There are a bunch of other veteran defensemen that haven't resigned. Even Brett Kulak did only got two point five million, I think. Like Brent Burns didn't mm-hmm. get much. The, the market for defensemen is not what we expected it to be. And truthfully, I think Kent Hughes did very well in not having to offload anything to get Jeff Petrie. He didn't retain any salary. He threw in Paling maybe as a little bit of a sweetener, but I also think it was a savvy move, like I said, because it allowed him to retain Rem Pitlick, who was a UFA. And you do gain 2 point something million in cap space, and you mm-hmm. get a defender in Mike Matheson, who is coming off a career year, is one of the better transition defensemen in the league. I'm not going to say one of the best, but his transition numbers are phenomenal, and that's something... Habs defense is sorely lacking now without Jeff Petrie is transition. And he's an elite skater, a very, very good skater. Mike Matheson's a very serviceable top three defenseman at minimum your fourth defenseman. And he's a guy, I think who's going to play a lot of minutes. And that's something Kent Hughes did kind of prioritize when he spoke about this almost, I don't know, six months ago, talking about a Petrie trade. He wanted someone that could come in and play the minutes because you look at that decor and there aren't a lot of veteran guys left. There's only one guy left from the Stanley Cup run in which we had the big four. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Our, Our team was built on those defenders. One remains of any player, even the defenseman scratched on that roster. That's Joel Edmondson. So Mike Matheson, I think, is a very valuable addition to this team. He's only 28. He's from the West Island of Montreal. He speaks French. Kent Hughes has known him since he played AAA hockey, but still did his due diligence, reached out to Chris Letang, asked him what kind of a character he was. spoke They spoke about his analytics, his numbers, about five-on-five five possession, is something about his assists per 60 and stuff. The fact that Kent Hughes has known this guy since he was a – 15, 14-year-old, signed the extension. He was on with Florida. Kent Hughes is the one that got Mike Matheson the contract he is Mm -hmm. on right now. It was an eight-year, $4.8 million contract, a very good deal for Mike Matheson at the time. The fact that Kent Hughes knows the guy so well and still did all this research not only makes me even more confident in Mike Matheson, it also makes me more confident in Kent Hughes after this trade because it shows that while Bergevin would often hire, you know, trade for guys and hire guys, he knew Kent Hughes is willing to do that, but he's also going to do his homework still. He's not going to let that blind him. So, you know, my initial reaction, I was, I was pretty upset. I was pretty underwhelmed. And I think it's fair to say that Pittsburgh got the better assets in the deal. But I think when it came to a Jeff Petrie trade, this is, You've done pretty well. You could have done much worse. I think Ken Hughes accomplished set out and accomplished most of what he was looking to get mm-hmm. in a Jeff Petrie trade if you include the fact that he retained Rem Pitlick, which I do think is a major part of it. So when you bear, when you kind of narrow it down to that, in exchange for Jeff Petrie, the Habs got Mike Matheson, a capable top four defender, who's going to help them on their transition and possibly pay power play time time, and eat up a lot of minutes, which they're going to need. They got a fourth-round pick, and they got one of the best rookies of the year last year and a very smart, intelligent, fast player who meshed very well with their other young guys in Rem So when you look at it that way, I think it's actually a a pretty good deal for the
1: Habs. No, that's that's fair. Um, And honestly, I didn't – when you asked your question, I, I didn't, I didn't look outside of, of the, uh, the trade itself, like bringing in that, that money, you know, and, in and, and doing so allowing us to sign like Rem Pitlick and shit like that. And um, I, I more or less was just on my, my base reaction of it. Um, No, I, I still think that Kent Hughes for, for like you were saying, how the market was for defensemen we weren't you know we didn't want to take uh we weren't going to retain any salary and he did just that and I think he got the best of what we could have got and by all means it's it's a great move by him considering you know like we know the variables of what we weren't going to stand against so I in all I think that's one of the you know he just continues to show um (laughs) <laughs> How greedy is it making moves like this. Um, I guess I, I took it as just you wanted still like my general re- general reaction to it originally, but no, um what we what we were able to accomplish by moving these pieces was was great. And I just feel like the only thing I have against what you said about the the Ryan Paling thing is that yeah, Dom Desharm did give him chances, but I felt, yeah, like you you come in out of shape. You, you kind of fuck yourself. You know what I'm saying? I get that. But, like, this team was not, like, really competitive to the point to where he couldn't have been thrown on that team uh before, before Don Ducharme.
0: That was the team that went to the Stanley Cup final that he showed up to out of shape for.
1: Well, yeah, no, I get what you're saying. Okay, but I that thought was that was a little early. Team. I just feel like before that, I mean, what was the hour, 20 – 2017 2017th pick. I, well, not, not 2017 pick I won't not Um, <laughs> you know what I mean Uh, I just felt like there was you know three what three four years worth of play where we weren't that amazing of a fucking team where he could have got reps in and I know that you know someone's gonna make the make the bill that you're just not remembering, you know, like we, we had these assets that there wasn't any spot for him. We had these players. That's fine. But um, I just felt like if we weren't really competing at that high of a level, there was no reason to not have brought him up past his phenomenal, uh, excuse me, his phenomenal fucking, you know, first game with us, which he would not have been able to recreate like that. It wasn't just, Oh, we got to have this kid on the team, but, I felt there was an opportunity for him to play if this team was dog shit like we were for a while with the asterisks of our Stanley Cup final appearance.
0: No, that's fair enough. Um, With that being done, do you think that Montreal and Canadiens make any more big moves? There will be moves, but any big moves in the coming days?
1: I don't really think so. We have one that we can talk about in a second that happened today, um, but before we get to that, you know, we'll, we'll do our ad read and stuff, but I, I really think it's going to be more or less quiet. We didn't have that big of a cap space, and that, that's another thing that you, had, you did point out that I, I wasn't able to, to bring up. I wasn't thinking about it, was that we were able to shed Jeff Petrie's contract and gain a guy who got, I, I believe has one additional year or two with less pay, Um, which is great for us, but our cap, I I think our cap space, we had like a million and some change uh, before moving those guys. So it, we really didn't have an opportunity to make a a massive move. Now we have some guys on this team that will probably get moved, but I don't see it being any big moves before. I think what's left is going to be moves that are made mid season or, you know, trade deadline. I don't really see anything this offseason anymore.
0: Well, among other players, like Kirby Doc, among others, Montreal has a, a couple NHL-caliber players they still need to re-sign. And they only have $284,000 in salary cap space to do it right now. Now, you can be over 10% over the cap in the offseason, but you still have to balance that out for the regular season. I'm mm-hmm. saying that, especially with Kirby Doc, a guy who is he is going to play. They're going to sign him. He's going to play. They're, they didn't give up assets. To not play him and not sign him. I think we are going to see a guy, Paul, a Joel Armia, a Paul Byron, um, maybe even a Dadanov. There's going to be a contract moved. Okay. Whether it's Anderson, Hoff, like one of those contracts is going to be moved because you need to sign your young guys. The Kirby Doc needs to play. And the space has to come from somewhere. It could even be Jake Allen. For all we know, they just signed Sam Montabo. To a uh, two-year $1 million annual contract. We, we don't know what's going to happen. Carey Price may retire, so it'll be interesting to see. I do think there's going to be another contract dumped from Ken Hughes, though.
1: That's fair. Uh, I didn't... I should have had this pulled up to see, you know, like our receipts as to where our cap space is right now, but... um. Yeah, I was referring to the Montembo uh signing. Um what is it? 2 years uh one-way contra- one-way deal. I think it's like a million a year. Um kind of tough cuz honestly, I don't know if it's either one or two things. Carey Price is not going to play another game for the Montreal Canadiens or or fucking Jake Allen is on the move. Um I th- I feel like I don't know. Uh, I think it's I think it's on the lines of Carrie Price being done and not Jake Allen, but I could definitely see them move Jake Allen. But at the same time, who really needs a fucking goalie right now where we can dump that? And I I'm sure if I if I pulled them up right now and looked at the teams, I'm sure someone could need it. But there's been a lot of goalie movement already. And I, I think it's a little late to to throw in a, another goalie into an, an already oversaturated.
0: I see. I I don't think so. I don't. I think Jake Allen would. You'd fetch something. Teams are no. I, I don't think, think you'd th-
1: fetch it, but I, I just feel like if you were going to move Jake Allen, uh, I feel like you should have did that earlier. I don't. I think I agree with you, but not in the have
0: situation where I. I don't. I don't think they have any idea what's going on with Carey Price. No, they don't. And unfortunately, you're a little hamstrung until you can figure that out. But mm-hmm. I think Harry Price may have played his last game in the NHL. Yeah. It really doesn't look good. And I, I hope I'm wrong. Truthfully, I, I do. Um, I would like to see Price play at least one game and not go out totally unable to play. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? At least go out kind of on his own terms. But we'll, we'll have to wait and see, really.
1: But, I mean, if he does that, Mason, then if he, if he comes o- almost like um, Tuka Rash, right? Tuka Rash comes back, plays a couple games, and then just straight up retires. Like, kind of detrimental to our, our back end with, like, especially if we have to move someone like Jake Allen. Now, granted, was fucking hurt almost all of last season, but still a fantastic goalie when, when able is, I think he's got one more year under his contract. He's going to make, it's like two, eight. It's it's still not a bad, it's still not a bad fucking contract um, for a guy that has some great talent, especially if we put some pieces in front of him, we saw how good he was um, when we were still playing just the Canadian market teams. Um, And some of last year, I mean, he looked great, we just fell apart around him like a lot of our a lot of our episodes last year when he was healthy was we can't really pit this on Jake Allen. Jake Allen had a phenomenal game. The team just couldn't get it done around him.
0: I I think Jake Allen in a weird way is more valuable to the Habs than Price right now though because Jake Allen like you're saying is you know good enough usable
1: like He's he's an active player.
0: He can be a starting goalie in the National Hockey League, absolutely, and he won't complain. He doesn't cost very much, he'll do his job well. But I think the biggest part of that is that he can shelter Caden Primo
1: mm-hmm.
0: and Stan Montembo for that. Take matter. a
1: lot of the burden off of him.
0: Because I don't think that I think you know what I'm saying? Like there's there's no point in throwing Primo and Monty to the wolves. We saw what happened last year, and that's the big fear with Carey Price right now.
1: Yeah, do you want do you want to have trading... Primo do that again?
0: <laughs> yeah, if you trade Jake Allen and Price retires, you're fucked. So until we know what's happening with Price, Allen's not going anywhere.
1: I, I hope not. Honestly, I, that's why I'm leaning to Carey Price. Is I don't know when they can turn it into a, a long-term injury and get and get that cap space back. Um, I, I I don't know, like, the technical time when he can do it, but that's the only thing I can see for Kerry Price this year is just recovering, continuing to try to get back into the league. I don't... I, I mean, I saw something. He's, you know, he's, he's already undergoing more tests or some shit like that. And granted, this was, like, Middle of last week, I forgot about it already, but I just feel like there's, you know, we're not we're not getting close to uh, good news about him, like being able to suit back up, especially not. The the weird limbo we were in last year where I was like, yeah, Carey Price is going to miss a month and missed just about all of the season. Um, but yeah, dude, I think that's a tough one. And, you know, time's going to tell with that. I, I can agree with you now that I'm looking at the projected space. Um, there's going to be a move. I don't think it's going to be a big move. It's going to be, um, it's going to be a player that we all love as, as a fandom. But I, I don't see any major moves. There's going to have. We're going to have to dump salary somewhere. But um, before we get up out of here, we do have an ad read from our sponsors over at DraftKings. Uh, The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer with tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports. You can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000. And if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major actions for baseball, golf, MMA, and more, Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Also, I mean, best of all, <laughs> DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Y'all always remember to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now if you haven't already. Use the promo code THPN, make your first deposit, and get a risk-free bet to up to 100 Jesus, $1,000. That's promo code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. Uh, I didn't mean to cut you off if you had a rebuttal to that, Mason, but I had to fit this in somewhere.
0: No, it's all good. I didn't really have anything else to add. Uh, Really, I think we both kind of agree. I think the are going to have to make a move, and – uh, when, when we see it I'm not sure I don't think the Habs are going to be too invested in the free agent market so I think Ken Hughes is willing to take his time and as we've seen he's pa- he's a patient guy
1: yeah and think I in, think it's I think, think it's going to be assets
0: of, yeah he, does, he doesn't think in terms of tomorrow, next week, next month he he thinks in years mm-hmm. which is exactly what you need for a GM so I'm yeah, get get us too, right on, uh,
1: back on the right track <laughs>
0: Exactly.
1: But look, man, I know you got to be getting tired. Um, I know this is your episode. Um, I could go off the rails and we can talk some more shit. Um, but I know that you're getting a little tired, not even working your ass off. And uh, I think this episode is kind of stretching it as far as content. There's not much to talk about with the Habs community right now. Um, players are going into arbitrations. Is there hasn't been really – Any massive things happened since the last time we talked sports is kind of at, at the, the, the doldrums right now. We will just go back on another television show rant. So I don't have anything else to say, Mason, if you have anything else to say, say what you want. And then why don't you take us out of here, buddy?
0: No, that'll be it for me. Uh, We appreciate you guys come back listening. Appreciate you guys putting up with our episodes being late and uh, you know, just appreciate all the support you guys give us. Uh, we'll be back again on Thursday. Uh, maybe we'll have some moose for you, Maybe we won't. If not, we'll just, you know, we'll do our thing. We'll figure it out as we always do. So once again, thank you. And we'll see you guys again Thursday.
1: This has been Habs Nightly. We'll talk to you guys again soon. You're
0: listening to the Hockey Podcast Network.